Welcome to the Industry Insights by SAP podcast series. My name is Josephine Monberg, and I am your host. You are now listening to the COVID-19 special edition of our show. Welcome to our podcast. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of our podcast. As you just heard in the introduction, we are looking at different industries and how they're being impacted by COVID-19 because we are obviously seeing huge impacts on the different industries. And today we're going to be looking at the professional services industry. So very broad industry that is impacting many different ways. And to do this, I am joined by Jonathan Rhodes, who is sitting in his home virtual studio. <laughs> hey, John, thank you for being with us. <laughs> Thanks, Josephine. It makes you sound very, very posh. I'm yeah, very right? impressed. <laughs> well, you're British. That is supposed to be very posh. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm very excited to be talking about this uh, industry. And I know it's it includes a lot of different um, jobs, of course, but I still think it's going to be really interesting to look at how it's being impacted. But before we get into that. Tell me a little bit about uh, your role at SAP because you head up the uh, professional services industry at SAP. Yeah, sure. Um, absolutely correct. I head up the what we call the industry business unit at SAP, and we look after the strategy for the industry globally. Um, so that's really understanding what's happening in the industry, the trends, what customers are trying to achieve. And we have to almost decode that and translate that back into an understanding for our developers to build solutions that add a lot of value. Uh, and we take a full lifecycle view. So it's from the requirements, development, and then working closely with customers to realize value from it. Um, so it's a long-term relationship we have with customers, but um, yeah, great role, really enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, really, really exciting role. We were just talking about before the interview, how you get to kind of, you get the best of both worlds because you get to talk to the customer, but you also yeah. get to take it back to the business and really create solutions that are very customer centric. So um, very, very interesting role. And I just alluded to this before by, sorry, calling you posh, which is uh, sometimes connected <laughs> to being British, which is not a bad thing at all, but yeah. where in the world are you right now? Yeah, so I'm in, I'm in London, West London, uh, which is where I'm based and uh, enjoying, uh, which will probably date this, but the wonders of lockdown in London, but uh, it's uh, interesting <laughs> times as we'll talk about. Very, very interesting times, yes. And um, so let's let's talk about the professional services industry how is it being impacted by COVID-19? I'm sure it's you're seeing a massive impact. Yeah, it is a massive impact. And if you look at what some of the analysts say, they you know, view it as quite severe. And that's understandable, really. It's a people-based business. And often these people are on customer sites. And it is a varied industry. So these could be doing projects, providing services. And in a social distancing lockdown scenario, they just can't do this anymore. They're not able to either for reasons of their own social distancing or because their customer says we don't want you on site and they're, they're struggling to do that so it's having a big impact mm. and and also i think in, in the short term uh professional service firms also have to think about the safety of their employees so so they don't want to be saying to them you know you need to keep on going out and working so that's been a huge challenge uh, and i think that that's one of the biggest things they had to grapple with is how do they continue to deliver services to their customers in a world where predominantly it's a face-to-face -face approach or has been for a lot of uh, customers. 
Yeah, and just to just to narrow it down, what kind of roles or professions could we be talking about when we talk about professional services? Yeah, yeah, and it, it's very broad, and, and it will vary the impact. So I I, I like to say that. Uh, my industry area covers everything from cleaners to lawyers or architects and everything in between. So obviously, uh, some of the things which are more on the manual labor side of things, um, some of it's continuing because they're viewed as key workers, so so they will still be there. Uh, and, and that provides a challenge to uh, employers because they need to be able to track what people are doing and try and keep them safe and figure out how to do it. Through to the uh, consulting type uh, of engagements where Normally, they would be people on site. And to be fair, they are trying to continue to service their customers remotely. I mean, remote working, it's amazing how quickly people have got used to it. I, I've been on many workshops with customers and, uh, and and our partners who are delivering services. And very, very quickly, it's become effective and, and it's become a new normal. And that will be interesting to see in future if that new normal stays. That's one of the things we can talk about later in terms of what the future holds. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's very definitely very curious to see if it's something that will sustain beyond a uh, current global pandemic, or if it's something that you know was a thing of COVID nineteen. Um, but yes, yeah, sorry, please continue. Yeah, and, and I think customers have adapted it. It's sort of customers of my customers. So um, normally, if it's a time and materials, a time and expense based business, there's a desire of a customer to see the consultants on site. And, and to feel like getting value for money, you know, they're paying sometimes quite a lot of money per per hour or per day, and often there's a desire to, you know, show me the work that you're doing. Customers are becoming more flexible in terms of how they buy services from professional service firms, but also there's a shift, I think, to rather than think of it as I'm paying per hour, and this is accelerating. This was happening anyway. There's a shift to outcome. So. The simplistic form of that would be a fixed price and people are now say, well, you know, we'll deliver however we can uh, in a remote way and deliver to a fixed price for, for a deliverable. Uh, but we're also seeing firms try to innovate and make it more digital delivery. And this was happening once again, but it's accelerating hugely. And a lot of my customers in the professional service industry may have bench resources and they're looking to see how they can take their resources, which may be benched and develop new digital services and remote services and charge on a usage basis or a digital basis. So it, it's driving a, a number of different behaviors, both in how they engage with customers and also this type of services they will do. And, and don't get me wrong, we identified these trends previously, but it's been accelerated a, a really significantly as a result of the current situation. So COVID-19 is really also in this industry, the accelerator of digital, digital transformation. It is. Yeah, totally. If, if you look at the key trends which we've had in, you know, I'm, I'm sure we can link you to, to white papers and it was really a move from face to face to digital, which we saw. We saw a shift in terms of the uh, the type of workforce makeup, so an increase in automation and freelance, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. And also new players who could deliver digital services globally rather than needing to be next to the customer. And we saw those trends anyway. It's been hugely accelerated and uh, I think that will continue and uh, people are now seeing the fact that the, the customers or my customers who hadn't responded to that previously are having to move quicker um, and there's a number of implications that come with that as well in terms of infrastructure, how do I support these new services I'm doing and also culturally. Um, a lot of cultures are based upon uh, people owning employees and charging the employees out and getting revenue from that rather than having a service. 
the, mm. the upside is that we move into this concept of nonlinear growth, this idea of I can sell a person once, I can sell a service a thousand times. So each time I sell that service that's non-people related, I'm getting more and more revenue and you break the, uh, the connection between people and revenue. Uh, and that's why we saw it in the first instance coming along, but um, people are now starting to realize, to realize if they accelerate it, it can actually benefit them. And, and it's filling gaps in their revenue from traditional services. So yeah. it, it's not all doom and gloom. I, I think we, um, we've been looking at the analyst predictions and uh, professional services that is obviously impacted. Whether it's a U-shaped recovery, an L-shaped recovery or V-shaped recovery depends on how firms react, whether they can actually embrace this digital transformation uh, as you identified uh, and really transform themselves. Um, and, and it's an opportunity to do it. I, I think, you know, rather than there could be a tendency to sit and panic and, and just look at pipeline and backlog dropping off. I think it's really an opportunity to try and think about how you come out the other side mm. and embrace that change. Yeah. So you're so you're you're seeing that um, companies that you work with right now have responded positively and trying to kind of figure out how they can reimagine themselves right right now to um, take advantage of the situation as best that they can or to at least not um, get out of this um, or, or go through this crisis suffering um, largely. So when you speak to your customers now, what do you tell them? What is your um, your advice in terms of what they should be doing? Um, my advice really is to, to, to look at um, not the whole, if you like, the whole in what they have, the whole in the finances, the whole in the pipeline, but, but how they uh, are going to be prepped to come out the other side. And I think it's slightly different to if you look at um, 2008, where there was a protracted recession. I, I think this is something where you've got a great opportunity to do, I, I'd say, three things, really. One is to look at the services you deliver and really evaluate whether you can move to more digital services, remote services. Um, which prevent, because we don't know, this could be a, a series of yeah. uh, peaks and troughs. It, it, it may just be one, but I, I doubt it. So to look and see how you can do that in future. The second is, as well as those services, look at the infrastructure and culture and how you would provide those uh, going forward, because uh, it's not something where you can just flick a switch and suddenly you've got a digital store out there and, and a way to provide things to customers. Uh, and you also need to be able to, uh, this classic approach of uh, if every interaction with your customer is digital rather than face-to-face, -face, how, how do you start capturing what those interactions are, whether the customer's happy or not? So there's, a, there's an entire infrastructure around that. And the third is really look at how you need to potentially reskill your employees. So if you look at uh, some of the things which, um, you know, if you, if you go out and look at the classic McKinsey article is to reskill people for a, you know, socially distanced or a distance mm. workforce. Um, so, so I think it's almost, you know, what do you provide to your customers? How do you provide them in terms of infrastructure and technology, digital, classic digital transformation? And, and do you need to reskill your workforce to do that as well? So that they're not constantly going on site, that they're innovating and inventing rather than uh, delivering face-to-face. -face. So, so mm. that's the sort of advice and take advantage of it now. Um, yeah. a, a lot of customers will have potential bench resources uh, so I had a great workshop with a customer uh, yesterday where they said, okay, we've got bench resources. What are the white space areas you can see in your industry or other industries mm. where we can start taking these resources and trying to develop some solutions 
to take into that white space when we come out of the trough at the other side. Um, and I think that's the key. And it's hard for leaders in these firms to do that because obviously they're focused on day-to-day -day survival in some cases. Mm. But, but I think you've got to look at the, I won't quite call it a silver lining because I don't think it's there yet, but I think you've got to look at the positives of how you can uh, help transform as a result of this. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's the advice we're giving really. Yeah, no. The it's about finding the balance, right, between how do you respond right now and um, how do you just deal with the situation you're in, yeah. but also how do you get ready for what could be a new normal? Um, because yes. I've also been talking to so many different industry leaders uh, now from SAP, and what I'm also seeing is that these impacts will be long-term, not just in terms of the business model and how it might change. But also, if you look at the workforce, when you go back to work, will the workforce just you know, go back to it as though everything was normal? Probably not. Um, there's going to be new rules that governments will put in place, which will, of course, also impact businesses. And um, consumer behavior will probably also change in the long term. So in that sense, it's, it's also balancing all of those into your strategy now to better prepare. Um, but what about the workforce? What impacts right now are you seeing on the workforce uh, in your industry? It's really interesting because we, um, we'd we seen a trend of, um, we, we call it the you know, talent networks and talent economy whereby firms were trying to have a, a more elastic approach to capacity. So they would want to take uh, freelancers and externals and, and, and different sources of supply so they could scale up and down accordingly. And that matched perfectly to, uh, in a lot of cases, this millennial approach of, I don't want a permanent job, I'll just gig, I'll freelance. And, and it was a perfect storm of the workforce wanted to do that, uh, employers wanted to do it, and we had this very vibrant approach to uh, matching demand and supply. That may change in future because I think employers will still want to do that. They'll still want to even more so want this capacity because if you're able to flex up and down during, you know, from lockdown, post-lockdown, lockdown, post-lockdown, then that suits employers perfectly. Uh, if I'm a freelancer, that doesn't look that attractive anymore in a lot mm. of cases, D depending on the, the, you know, the, the global country or where you are. Uh, in some countries, it's a real problem because you don't get you know, health benefits, you don't get certain things you'd expect to get. So I, I think the the gig economy, uh, which is prevalent in a lot of professional services, will increase from an employer perspective. I think it may decrease from the uh, the freelancer's perspective. They want a bit more security. Um, mm -hmm. so, so that will be interesting to see about how that happens. And I think we may end up having more platforms who try to give some certainty to the freelancers. And, mm. and we've seen a little of this already. Um, I mean, I mean, one thing which is quite good in professional service firms are pretty innovative. So they've jumped on a lot of this already. Um, uh, Accenture has already put a platform out there uh, in terms of this People and Work Connect, where they're trying to take some of the people who've been put out of work as a result of the crisis and, and, and rematch them and find them uh, something that they can do. Uh, and, and also, I can see we'll get specialist uh, platforms coming in to do that in future. Uh, it, it will be a challenge, I think, because you're still going to have this clash of, I want to get trained, I want to be an employee more than a freelancer. But, uh, mm. but it will be interesting, definitely.
Yeah. And also, also, I guess, getting reskilled as well. I mentioned the distance economy, skills for distance economy. Um, it's hard to do that if you're a freelancer because typically mm-hmm. it's on the job training as opposed to you have to take time out and uh, and refocus and do it yourself. Yeah. So I, th- I do think some distance learning platforms, already there's a number of free ones and, and people have made them free of charge. I think that will be something which we'll see in future as well, both from professional service providers and uh, some of the education providers. Yeah. And and you're right, because I just heard um, on the news this morning, somebody, I think he was from the UK, talking about how this is an, I think he called it an endemic. So it's something that it, it's not going to end just because we find a vaccine in the near term. He was saying that this is something that could change our lives fundamentally for at least the next two and a half years, which I thought was quite thought provoking because in the beginning I thought, OK, well, now we have to go the pandemic, then we get out of it, then we find a vaccine, then things go back to normal. But that is looking like that's probably yeah. not the case. And I think that's unusually professional services tends to be impacted by the highs and lows of our industries. Um, if I look at uh, exactly what you've just been saying, that travel they're predicting from an airline perspective, international travel is not going to get back to normal until 2024, something like that. So imagine the armies of people who are involved in servicing um, an airline in terms of meals, cleaners, maintenance. They're typically all provided by separate professional service firms who provide business services. So the knock-on effect through the service industry is is pretty huge to, in a lot of industries. Um, and, and that's why I think those industries who can somehow blend, uh, and it won't apply to some of the ones I've just mentioned, it's just not possible, but the ones who can provide uh, a digital subscription, uh, I've got a better chance of this V-shaped recovery rather than the ones who are going to be severely impacted by uh, the industries which they service. Um, mm. But, but it, it's... I totally agree. I think it's something which is going to be around for some time to come and and we need to adjust to it and look for new revenue streams for those industries uh, or those service providers who are impacted by key industries. Yeah. And we've already already now talked about what the future holds. But if you were to give your take out your crystal ball and give your prediction slash advice or recommendation in terms of um, one, what do you think businesses should do? Uh, very, very, very long term, but also what you think the future holds for the professional industries, uh, professional services industry. I'm, I'm very curious to hear that. Yeah, and it, it, it's hard. It's a very broad industry, so, so I'm trying to split yeah. it up into different sections. I, I think mm-hmm. those who are, are able to provide uh, more digital and remote and technical services, I think there'll be a real kick in innovation. We're seeing it already. Some of the uh, providers have really responded. If I look at what EY have been doing with um, supporting governments with uh, health protocols and apps and, and a whole bunch of clever things that they jumped on incredibly quickly, I think that will continue. So I think that's, um, I won't go as far as calling it a bright, but it's a positive future for the, mm. for the uh, types of service providers that can do that. I think there's some which are heavily focused on physical delivery of services. And I think they will just need to get smarter in terms of the the skilling of their resources. I think they will get more flexible. So this idea of an extended workforce with freelancers and contingents, I think that's the way they will uh, go forward in future to allow them to not have these uh, huge ups and down swings. Um, I mean, in the UK, uh, as in other countries, we have this concept of 
you know, the government taking over some of the salaries for some of the workers in these key industries. That's not going to be sustainable if it's endemic. You know, we can do it for mm. a short period of time, but over a number of years, that's just not possible. So uh, I think for the industries which can push into a digital future, that will accelerate hugely. It will be a real kick in innovation. For those which are more physically uh, focused, I think it's it's better resourcing uh, and more flexible in terms of how they're deployed. They're, they're the two key trends in terms of those two different types of organization. Mm. Very interesting. It's going to be... It's such an unpredictable time that we're living in. I, I remember when I first heard of um, of the coronavirus, uh, about how it started in China. I thought, well, I mean, that sounds like, that's crazy what's going on in China, but I never thought it would impact the rest of the world like it has. And we are definitely living in, um, I think what, what we believe to be our new normal right now, which, is going to sustain for who knows how long. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens, especially in the, in the industry that you're in, because it's impacting so many, so many people. Any last words from you? Oh, no, the only last word is, I, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It, it, to me, it's, I think a lot, the temptation would be to sit and wait, wait, uh, yeah. wait until it passes. <laughs> I, yeah, this thing isn't going to pass. Don't it's sit not going to pass. Yeah. So, so you know, em- embrace that change, be positive about it, uh, and go out and do something. Yeah. Yeah. That's my I last can, words. I completely agree with your last your last words. I think this is not the time to sit back and wait. I think it's time to take action and see how we can make the most of the situation we're in. Um, so, John, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was so fun talking talking to you and to everybody who listened to this episode. Thank you so much for listening in. Hopefully, I will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. Please subscribe to our channel, Industry Insights by SAP at OpenSAP, Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. To learn more about what SAP is doing to help you cope in COVID-19, you can go to sap.com about global health safety and find free access to select SAP software, tools to support your business, and much more. Stay safe, everyone.